Thanks, Spence. Thank you, worship team. I love that song, We Need the Lord, and that's why we're here. We have a, a deep sense inside. I, I love what uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, that God has set eternity in our hearts. That means that God has put within us a longing for him. Glad you're here, and I uh, hope we can connect with the Lord this morning again as we look at God's word. I, was, I, I love coming to Port Clinton campus, coming across the bridge. We live over in the Sandusky area. And we were here yesterday, this is where our son and our daughter-in-law lived. We celebrated our granddaughter's first birthday yesterday. Yeah, it was so cool. I remember last year at this time announcing the birth from this stage. And, uh, and then just this morning at the door here, there was a little um, six-year-old girl celebrating her birthday today, handing out cards, uh, yeah, a little uh, Harper Franks. So happy birthday to her. Isn't that fun? Did you receive a card when you came in? Uh, it, should, it looks something like this right here. Not the bulletin, but the card. It says next steps on it. If you didn't, could you raise your hand right now? And Because this is going to be an important part of the message time. So if you want to just raise your hand. If you don't have one, okay, great. Somebody will see. I think somebody's supposed to bring it. Did anybody raise their hand? I don't think so. Okay, good. Okay, great. Um, uh, we're, all at, we're all at different places in our spiritual journeys, aren't we? I mean, maybe this is your first time in church for a long time, or it's one of your more recent times here. Maybe, you've, maybe you're a veteran churchgoer. You've been a Christian for a long time. We're all at different points in our spiritual journeys. And yet, the, 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 the invitation Jesus gave to his early followers is the same invitation that has echoed down through the history of Christianity right into this room, and it is simply this, follow me. It's said 13 times in the Gospels, but even today, Jesus whispers that into our ears, follow me. But follow me to do what? And the idea is to become his disciple, which means to be a learner or a student, or to, to flesh that even more, it means to be a representative of Christ himself. And, uh, but what is a disciple to do? Well, what are we supposed to look like? And essentially, simply put, it's this, to become like Jesus, to gradually, over a period of time, to take on his thoughts, his concerns, his heart, his compassion, to think like Jesus would think. That's what we're to do. Jesus put it this way. Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher, what would that look like? I was talking about bicycles here recently with someone, and, and you know, bicycles, are, there's the wheel with the spokes. The spokes are critical, uh, but even more critical than the spokes is the hub of the wheel because that keeps the, the spokes in alignment. Jesus wants to be the hub of our lives, and all the spokes coming out of it. What would it look like if Jesus were the hub of our lives and influenced every part of our lives? It would look something like this. How we think, how we speak, how we act, how we pray, how we spend our time, how we work, how we give and spend our resources, how we vote. How, that's something we could talk about for a while. How, how we engage culture, how we live out our singleness, how we parent, how we treat our spouse, how we forgive others and we could just go down even more. How should Jesus affect 
impact our lives. Some years ago, someone asked me a question. They put in a question form, and it's, it's remained with me. So I'll ask you. And the, and the question was, Jay, how, how would Jesus live your life if he were you? I ask you that. How would Jesus live your life if he were you? So uh, as we look at the life of Jesus, he, he seemed to spend his time in, in four environments. There were, there were four aspects to his own spiritual life to which he gave time. And we're going to study those this morning. You've perhaps heard us use these terms before, but I'll show you an image. And it stands for this. On the left-hand side, that's, that's row. Row, circle, chair, and then the arrows represent go. Row, circle, chair, go. That's what we're going to talk about. And uh, that's the kind of church we want to be. We want to reflect the way Jesus gave his time to his own life the different environments he spent time in. Rose, circle, chair, go. We'll explain what that is. We're going to look at, at, at some examples of Jesus teaching this, living it out. And then something very different. We've never done this before in this room or any other room of the chapel. We're going to get super, super practical. You'll never hear us say this again in the church. You've never heard us say this, but here you go. Pull out your phone. <laughs> Seriously, do you have your phone with you? I'd like you to pull out your phone. I'm going to pull mine out right now, all right? Here we go. Now, if you don't have your phone, that's okay. I'll walk you through everything, but I'm just asking you to go ahead and pull out your phone. We're going to get, we're going to, get to that in a few moments, all right? So there's my phone. I'll come to that in just a little while, all right? Now, let's talk about each of these four. First of all, we have... The row, all right? And from Luke chapter 4, Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Now, in, the, in that synagogue, how many people do you think there were? Maybe this number right here? Could have been a lot more. Jesus was gathering quite a following. In fact, just a few verses later, as we start chapter 5, it goes like this. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. How many people do you think were there? A lot of people. Jesus gathered a lot of people. This is sort of the, this is the row setting. Right now, we're, we're in rows, aren't we? This is what we're talking about. And in a row setting, you can have as many as up to maybe a million people. <laughs> Two million, three million. As many as you want. Because in, a, in, a row, in the row setting, it's really not about looking around and getting to know each other. We're not in this room going to raise our hand. Who has a question? Or, uh, hey, could somebody pray for me? Or, I have an idea. At least I don't want you to do that right now. Uh, that, that, that's not for the row setting. A row setting is a large gathering where we gather together and learn God's word and worship. Every, every, every Sunday we're in this room and Spencer or somebody leads us in worship. And what we do in the row setting is we look up. We don't look around, we look up and we celebrate what God has done for us. We give thanks, we praise God. 
That's the larger group setting. That's what we mean by the row, the, the larger group setting. That's an important setting to be in. We have others as well. You know, once a month, our, our teens, our, our high school students, they gather together in a row setting, a large group. We have the chapel kids. They have a large setting at times. The women's renewed gathering. Uh, they have a, once a month, hundreds of ladies gathered together at the Sandusky campus. We have all kinds of settings where there are larger groups, special events, and so on. Where we learn God's word, we worship. It's not a time for looking around. It's a time for gathering together and doing what only we can do in a large group. Now, I want to say something that I think is, it could be a delicate thing to say, but I think it's important. The other day I was just meeting with a, a, group, of, a group of community leaders and we look at scripture uh, in, in terms of what God says about leadership. And my challenge was them to them was to, was to, to, to show up. We, we meet once a month, and to, my challenge was to, to show up, to be here. And, I, and what I said was, you know, sometimes some people have to, have to work, and, and, and so it conflicts, their, it conflicts with their schedule. Or maybe there's a family issue. Or maybe you're sick and you cannot be here. But other than that, be here. Put it on your calendar. Make this a part of being. That's what I said to that group. But that's what I would say to the church as well. Sometimes, some people have to work on Sunday mornings at times. Sometimes there's a family thing that comes up. Sometimes it's sickness maybe. But other than that, be here. This is what the church, the church gathers together all around the world today, starting over in the Easter Islands in the Pacific. The church has gathered. It's an important part of coming together. And I'll add one other thing, and that is the church is never meant to um, sit and soak. <laughs> I mean, to, to just to be on the bench, to be on the sidelines. We are, we are called, you know, God is, as a, as a follower in Christ, God has blessed you with different gifts and abilities and passions and experiences and to use those to help advance his church as the church tries to expand the kingdom of God here on earth. What I'm talking about is serving. We're not called to be bench sitters. We're called to be on the field using those giftings that God has given us to help advance the kingdom of God. So, having said all of that, what I would like to do is direct your attention to the card that you have. You received it when you came in. Pull that out. Right here, I'm going to do it too, right? So on one side it says next steps, on the other side it says circle, chair, go. So you see row, circle, chair, go. What I want you to do, I, I, I'm not very skilled at this, but take my phone and you open the camera, open the camera on your phone and just point it at that little square. And that will lead you directly to our website page where it gives all kinds of, uh, of illustrations of how we gather together in rows and, what the, and why that's important. Or, if you don't want to do that, scan the QR. I had to look this up, too. It stands for quick response. Uh, you can also just type in uh, the chapel.family backslash next steps. Um, the, the text PC, that's regarding serving. I'll get to that in a second. So, if you just take a picture of that, or if you just want to type in the website, you can do that. And you're going to go right to the top, top of the page, and it says next steps. And going down... You'll see it says row, and then going down, it gives the service times. So you just keep navigating down, and there you have a place where you can sign up to serve. 
If you want to get off the bench, off the sideline, and get onto the field, you would, you would punch in Port Clinton option, and it will take you to options for serving. Um, maybe you um, aren't sure about what you want to do or can do here. So there's a spiritual gift survey to help uh, understand a little bit more of how God has shaped you. Gliding down on that page, you can talk to a pastor. Pastor Ryan here, the campus pastor, would love to speak with you, or I would. Then there are classes that we offer. If you just click on classes, you'll see the the multiple classes coming up that deal with the uh, issues of everyday life and then how to give, how to be a a giving member here at the church too. Now, what I'm going to do is you have the card in front of you, you have your phone there in front of you, um, I'm just going to just take a minute and let you navigate for a moment. I think we have some soft music to play in the background. Well, see, isn't that nice? Go ahead. Just go ahead and take a look at your phone and just kind of glide down through there a little bit. you a little bit of time. Again, we're talking about next steps in our own individual discipleship journeys. We're all in different places, but what would it mean for you when Jesus says, follow me? What would that next step look like in terms of the row setting? Now, what I want to do, though, is go on and talk about the idea of a circle, row, circle. This is, this is well, let's read this. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. Um, These 12 disciples, these original disciples, these became his best friends. These are the ones Jesus did life with. These are the ones he hung out with. These are the ones he traveled with. And that's what a circle is. A circle is where you... Now you look around. A row is where you look up. It's huge crowds. A circle is a much smaller group where now you learn to go at life together. There's an element of vulnerability, an element of transparency. It's where, you know, as Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This is where you learn, you help each other get better at going at life. (laughs) We need those circles I became a Christian at age 20, just a couple years ago. And, you know, it's, it's, I've never been without a circle of people around me to help me go at life. How about you? It could be a couples group. It could be a singles group. It could be a care group. It could be a support group, whatever. But it's so important. You know, it's interesting in, in, scripture, in the New Testament, 59 times the, the little phrase one another is used. And it's used like this, confess your sins to one another, forgive one another, greet one another, and so on. But a third, one third of those those times, it says, love one another. 
And it's in the circle environment, in a small group environment, where we learn to exercise and experience the one another's, where we really learn to exercise love towards somebody, experience love from somebody. That's where church really becomes church. You, you can be a big church, so what? It really doesn't mean much unless you are small at the same time. Another way of saying it is the bigger the church becomes, the smaller it must become. So I want to, I want, I want to back to your cards, back to your phone. I want to, uh, if you just go on there and take a look at the very next, just glide down to where it says circle, and then all it's going to say under circle is visit groups. And if you click on visit groups, this is what happens. I'm looking at my phone too. Under groups, you're going to see three sections. You're going to see join a group, and if you click on that, it will help you uh, understand how to join a group. And there's, uh, there's the types of groups for you, the co-ed groups. Uh, co-ed groups provide mutual encouragement within a small group of uh, committed friends, young adults, couples, etc. Then men's and women's groups, we have a lot of those, support groups, and so on. And then you can register for a group just by clicking on that. All right. Then, going down, lead a group. Some of you have been in a group for so long, it's time to lead a group, which isn't that hard. You, you learn by doing. You learn to lead by doing. So lead a group. And you can click uh, to, to apply. You just apply there, and then there's a five-step process we go through to make sure that um, you know everything you need to know about leading the group. And then lastly, just why, why a group? And just basically says some of the things I just mentioned. All right? Let's just take a, a minute, and you can sort of Navigate through that as you like, all right? Go ahead. forward, and we're going to go to the chair, row, circle, chair. Row, it's a huge group, can be a huge group. Circle, it's a smaller group of friends getting to know one another, encouraging one another in our spiritual journeys. But now we're talking about chair. This is what Jesus writes, but Jesus often with, this is what Luke writes, Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. <laughs> Why? Somebody asked, once asked the question, if Jesus, who is the Son of God, needed to get away to be with his heavenly Father, how much more do we need to do that? This is private time with God. This is where really um, we move information in the brain to the heart, where we really begin to own it. It's known as a quiet time, a private time, a reflection time. 
What I have found over the years is that many people depend on learning the, the Bible Sunday mornings. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's interesting. I, I, I remember a story from the book of Mark, chapter 1. I think it's verse 35. It says that early in the morning, Jesus got up and went outside to pray while it was still dark. And I imagine him in this house with, with his disciples around him sleeping there, and um, he uh, has to step over them quietly to get outside, you know, and the door creaks, and he tries to close it carefully, but he goes out, he gets away from everybody just to go spend time with God. And I want to ask you, have you thought about your own private time with God? Some of you I know have time with God, but have you, have you taken the next step that way? That's important. If you go into our, our, our house, you look to the left, you'll see our front room, and there's a green couch there, an old green couch there. But on the left-hand side, that's where you'll find me almost every morning, just having my own private reading time. That's important to me. It's always been important to me. I want it to be important to you because it was important to Jesus to spend time with his Father. Now, I want to show you on the card... Uh, some really, or, or on the phone, or whatever you're looking at, uh, some really cool options here. This is, this is amazing. Just slide down to chair, and then what you're going to see are some, some personal reflection opportunities for you. They're not all meant for you. You can do them all, but just maybe find one that seems most appealing to you. But the first one is Beyond the Weekend. You know, later on today, I'll be writing a, a Beyond the Weekend devotional that we send out by email to people. And we'll do it, we do that twice a week. That's Beyond the Weekend from, from your chapel pastors. The next one down is called Lectio 365. I personally don't use this one, but Todd, Pastor Todd Nielsen, he uses it all the time. And there's an app that you can download. You can see that down at the bottom. It will give you a really, really sound, it's a, it's a, um, uh, leans on a lot of tradition in terms of uh, devotionals. Scripture Union. I, I've been in different places around the world where people know about Scripture Union because they're so good at preparing devotionals, these, these personal reflection times for Christians. If you go to Right Now Media, this is the largest Christian video library in the world, and we use it all the time. We use it in men's frat. We use it in different settings. But you can log on to that and learn uh, just by watching videos of, of different teachers. Um, version is, could very well be on your phone. It's on my phone. This is what I oftentimes read or will listen to. There's a listening option. Many, many different types of devotionals you can uh, uh, tap into. And then got quite, I'm looking at got questions here. This is, I mean, for personal study time. For personal study time. Uh, GotQuestions.org. There's more than 600 Listen to this. There's more than 667,000 questions that are answered. Probably questions that you have about the Christian life. It's an amazing resource. And the very last one I uh, uh, want to point out because it's brand new. It's called One Step Closer Podcast. And this is a podcast that's been put together by Spencer and uh, Pastor Eric and a number of others and where we bring in people who have fascinating stories. And uh, hopefully it will help each of us draw closer to Christ. So those are, those are chair 
opportunities that maybe you didn't know about, but I just want to encourage you to take that time to draw close to God through your personal chair time. All right? So I meant to put that up there. There we go. Last one I want to talk about is go. Um, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Uh, the, the word sent there, uh, that, that, uh, for, for in the Greek original word, it's apostello. You translate the Greek apostello into the Latin, it's missio. Missio into the English is mission. So what Jesus is saying is, as the Father has sent me on mission, I am sending you on mission. The Christian life is incomplete <laughs> if we don't understand that we have been sent on mission by God. We are never simply to rest with the grace we've received. We are to be reflectors of that. We're never simply to acknowledge the love we receive from God through Christ. We're to tell others about that. And so uh, the very last thing Jesus said before he ascended into heaven was, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What does that mean? Well, let me break it down. Jerusalem, that's, that, that's the people that God has pla- who God has placed you right around, your, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members. God has strategically placed us where he's placed us, on my street, on your street, and so on. Judea, that's our community. We don't want to be the best church in the community. We want to be the best church for the community, and we look for ways to do that. And the Samaria, ends of the earth, that's our world. I'm so glad that the, the chapel, we, su- we support missionaries uh, from around, uh, who, around the world. In fact, we just now are sending a cu- young couple to Central Asia from this campus, the, Dan and Sarah Stelzer. Maybe you know them. But so excited about that. And then we have a lot of short-term mission opportunities, which, which I'm going to talk about in just a moment. But I wanted to um, read to you. Uh, we, we just sent a team to Mexico this past July, and uh, I'm going to show you some pictures on the screen here in just a moment. But th- these are some of the, the, the words from a few of the team members. I thought you might like to hear. What, we like to report back. We, we, we talk about teams going. Sometimes we, we don't do as well reporting back. So this is uh, from Johnny Solis, one of our team leaders. He'll be in some of the pictures. Johnny says, God touched my heart from the beginning. God provided everything necessary, such as financial support, health for me and my family, and the most important was my spiritual preparation. From day one, the struggles began, but in every way, God has prepared each member of the team through training. For me, missions uh, like this are so important. I grew up in Ecuador And more than 20 years ago, a group of missionaries came to Ecuador to share the gospel with my family and me. Today, I am part of a church with the same mission, and here I am at the chapel. This is from Rory Conrad, a student member on the team. One of the main things our mission team did was hold multiple gatherings for children to learn the Bible message. On a few days, we traveled to hospitals to give prayer and food to the people there. It was incredible to see how God was working in the hospitals and giving people hope. I definitely grew closer to God during that week. This mission has taught me that I don't need the internet to survive. (laughs) 
The mission was truly awesome, and I'm definitely going back. And this is the last one. It's from Carter Binkley, another student member of the team. From the beginning, I knew I was going to step out of my comfort zone being surrounded by people who I have never met and some who did not speak a word of English. Being able to show God to those who have never heard is an amazing feeling. Also, seeing what God can do for those who have next to nothing is something indescribable. God was able to impact everyone on this team. Really grateful that they went. Um, I want to uh, direct your attention to the, to the go uh, part of... Oops, let me just go back here. There we go. I got it. Here we go. If you just want to go there on your phone uh, to the go section, I'm going to look at it with you. Um, underneath go, you'll just see our neighborhood. That's you claiming the workplace where you are, the neighborhood where you are, and so on. Our community, we need help right here in our community. Do you know um, once a month we collect food here? We need help with, it's called curbside carryout. Would you consider helping that way? Just being at the door helping or helping to deliver once a month into the community here. Operation Christmas Child, that's where we send out the Christmas shoe boxes every November. We need help packing those and delivering those. Here's an announcement for you. Um, first time you've heard this, first time we've said it, but on November 20 and 21, the weekend before Thanksgiving, we will not be having church in this building. Uh, we will actually be 35th anniversary community and serving the community. Uh, that's sort of a celebration of our 35th anniversary as a church. And um, uh, what better way to celebrate our anniversary than doing what we were intended to do, and that is be the feet and hands of Jesus. So that's on November 20 and 21, you'll be getting a lot more information on that and what that's going to look like. Um, I want to draw your attention to our world down at the bottom, uh, also announcing for the first time four different short-term missions coming up this next year, you know, which you may have interest in. March 5, and, March 5 through 11, we're hoping to send a, a three from all three campuses young adults to Central Asia to work with Dan and Sarah Stelzer. Uh, we're hoping to, June 10 through 19, to send a sports team to Germany to help lead soccer and work with refugees there. We're hoping to, uh, June 19 through 26, send a team to our vill adoptive village in Burundi. And then uh, sometime in July, either working with our team, in, with, with our ministry uh, we're connect connected with in Mexico, or sending another team with Filter of Hope uh, somewhere in uh, Central America or Cuba. Why is that so important? Um, we, uh, we're small town USA people and sometimes um, all we get to know about the world is from the news. There's nothing like being in a cross-cultural setting to understand how the world really lives and to get a sense of their need for Jesus. And so we send teams there, they come back, their lives are transformed. I hope you'll consider that. I really do. Um, in, in the back, in the, in the lobby, we have four tables. Row, circle, chair, go tables. And on there, you'll find the printed out information you just looked at from the web page. Um, so it's all right there. If you didn't have your phone, you can look at that. Also, at the go table, we have short-term mission applications available if any of those options um, are attractive to you. All right? Um, yeah, so this has been a different kind of service, but we, our, ho our hope is that through the, from the example of Jesus, from the teachings of Jesus, 
we will each think through, okay, what is my next step in the row, in the circle, in the chair, in the go? What, what can I do to take another step in my own spiritual journey, in my own discipleship uh, process, so that I can become even more like Jesus, which is our ultimate goal, all right? Uh, let me just end with this. The chapel mission statement, helping people move one step closer to God and each other through Christ, and I want that for you and all those you're connected with, that we would be a part of helping others come close to Christ. It's good to be with you, good to worship with you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this time this morning to, to look at the teaching of Jesus, the words of Jesus. Would you transform our hearts, transform our lives, help us to become more like Christ in every way, taking next steps in our spiritual journeys. Thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.